Welcome to another episode of Bald Heads Bad Takes. This is your show for all your hot takes, cold takes, and even some bad takes. This is also your place for some deep theology. As always, we're joined by Will Helmadoller and Evan Bailey, and we have a special guest today. Would you introduce yourself, sir? So, uh, Chad Burnett, and I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be a part today. I feel like I've kind of arrived in the world of theology to, uh, to be invited with this, with this special group of theologians. How impressed are you with our studio? <clears throat> Pretty nice, right? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little better than I thought. We've got some natural lighting coming in. Oh, yeah. We've got, um, you know, I'm, I'm generally impressed with any environment Mr. Yeoman is, is at. So. Yeah, it's, it's clean. Yeah, Will's got a, I mean, the, rec- the uh, what do you call this thing? A mic. A mic. <laughs> mic. Yeah, it's a good mic. All right, well, our first take today is uh, there was a recent interview with Russell Moore, and he said that social media is making people stupid. So social media is making people stupid. So what are our takes on that? Is social media a benefit to our society, or is it just so negative that it is not even worth engaging in? Or the middle option, which we always could be a middle option. I think it's both. Is it both? Is, Is there some gray area here? We can wisely use it. What are your takes? So yeah, I think it's both. I think it can be super harmful, and I can... Also think it can be super <laughs> beneficial. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing about that? All right. Good, good take. <laughs> All right. Mr. Burnett. So, yeah, I'm, do we need to start over? No. no let's go. Mr. Just, Burnett made a funny just, face. Just keep it going. <laughs> so um, my take on social media. For one, I would say I'm a light consumer a rare contributor um but i do like to consume lightly i think for most i, I would say it's not best for most uh but what I if would you're like me and you want to do lots of selfies in different places <laughs> dude i mean this guy habitually i were like you i wouldn't take <laughs> selfies <laughs> but uh I don't know, man. You do you. I mean, if you follow my Instagram, every first picture will be a selfie of me. Bro, yeah. I can go far enough, you'll see Ruthie or my wife or something. But, yeah. I am impressed with how you use social media, though. Like, you keep a steady supply of solid content. He's a content you know? creator. And, and he, Yeoman travels the world. Like, I, I tell I, him every weekend, I I don't, my family can't keep up with his traveling escapades. You never know. I could be in Graceland. I could be in Disney. Yeah. I could be crying in Graceland. I could be, I could be crying in Graceland over the, you know. I mean, I, w- I went my whole life for that. So that <laughs> yeah. I, I understand. I, mean, I can't blame you. I mean, I mean, it was great. All right. My, my take on that, I, I kind of agree with both of y'all. I think um, social media is a very powerful tool, negatively or positively. It can have a great impact. Um, but I do think we should use it pretty sparingly. I think it should, uh, like what you said, like consumer, rare contributor. Um, for me, I don't really use social media a ton. Um, but I think if you're using it, don't just use it without a purpose. Use yeah. it. Have a purpose for it. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I think, um, I think particularly kids in high school can just be used to distract a lot. And distract mm-hmm. from even... Even distract from emotions that are there inside, or just things like relationships, things that are really important to deal with. I think a lot of times kids will use to distract, but overall, no, I agree. There's definitely a good use of it. Um, not the least selfies of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also used to fall in the trap of getting my theology from Twitter, which uh, is not a good idea. Still do, don't you? Used to? No. <laughs> no, no, I don't now, now he just gets it from James White. Exactly, James yes. Okay, <laughs> YouTube. Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, yeah, no but don't don't get your theology from social media. Yeah, bad right, idea. Right. Good advice. I have a res- I have respect for people who use it well and often because I, I would say there's a need. It's such a big platform. So many are on it. Like you've got a voice and a platform. So for guys who use it often and use it well for the kingdom, I'm mm-hmm. like, let's go, baby. That's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. a hard task, though. Yep, that's the thing. That's yeah. A little lighter topic. I have noticed, as I've gotten older, that there's a direct proportion to my age going up and the shorts of teenage boys going up as well. And I don't, I don't know what's going on here, and I find it disgusting and appropriate. Um, how short is too short for men's shorts? Three inches above the knee. Mm. Maybe four okay. if it's a hot summer day. Well, what, I mean, like, I've got, like, really long legs. Even, like, seven-inch inseam shorts go, like, five, six inches above my knees. What do you think about that? 
Well, you're big and strong, so oh. like your legs are good. Oh. There's some skinny people like myself oh. that needs. What do you mean his cover. legs are good? I mean, he's strong. Oh, uh, he's got nice big legs. Big strong man. There you yeah. go. Okay, big okay. strong boy. What do you Thank think? You, you're, you're between you and these boys, Mr. Burnett. What do you think about the the shortness of shorts? That's a good question, man. I, I I'm. I will say I, I dig the cargos when you rock those. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah I wish I wish I could see more of those. Um, no way. Short shorts. It's th- there are plenty of shorts around Ben Lippin that surprise even me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's that's funny. We have this running SRC group thread, and I feel like a bulk of the space in the SRC group group that is consumed with male thighs and the fact that somebody has worn some shorts that aren't covered enough. So um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I what's wrong with the good old cargo shorts? I mean, I was Everything. wearing them. I was wearing them at Disney World, and one of my even one of my friends my age made fun of me. He said, "What are you keeping those cargos?" I texted him. I said, "My phone, my keys, my sunscreen." What? I mean, my, the, the, list is, the list is endless. My dad, yeah. my dad calls them dad shorts because you know whenever you got kids, you gotta like carry all yeah. the, all their stuff. And That's right. And get Why would pockets? I not want more pockets? Right. It's true. I mean, but I mean, you could style look. look you could no. look better. No way. I mean, I don't know. I'm just a classic, just give me two pockets and a back pocket and I'm set. Only one back pocket, not two back pockets? One back pocket, 100%. I'm a... You have two back pockets. No, it's this one. Oh, it's fake. It's a fake one. It's very stylish. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm right on this. Like, there's no... I mean, I know Um, I'm right. I know with another five years, you guys will come to your senses and stuff. Okay, but the thing is, in sixth grade, I got a write-up for wearing cargo shorts. Wow. Really? It was against the dress code. Too cool. At the time. Yeah, too you, cool. You were just too manly. Yeah, no, it, it was against the uh, dress code at the time to wear cargo shorts. Hmm. Crazy. Crazy. Wow. Sad, sad times. We are moving into our deep theology for today, and today Ooh. we are discussing the topic of baptism, which is an interesting topic because at Ben Lippin we have people that uh, have grown up in traditions where they practice infant baptism. We have many who have grown up in traditions where they practice believer's baptism. And we all fall under this evangelical tent where we believe that we're saved through faith, um, by grace. Uh, we don't believe, like the Catholics, that baptism offers anything special. Um, so where, where we're coming from is, I think, a place of unity on one what saves. Mm-hmm. Um, a unity Absolutely. that this is a sacrament, that this is a, an outward expression of something that's happening inside. But we also um, come with a little different opinions on this. So... Would one of you guys kind of start off just explaining kind of what is a traditional believer's Baptist view and what is a traditional infant Baptist view? All right, so uh, Will, Will Hummeldaller and I will be taking the position of infant baptism and all that accompani- accompanies with it. Um, so basically, uh, it's just, you know, covenant theology, which is some big terms, uh, but what it is, is just, uh, what are y'all nodding about? Um, <laughs> We're just waiting. It's to, just, you're right, man. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the new uh, circumcision, uh, as we read in Colossians, and how Christians are grafted in to Israel and accompanied, again, with the new uh, circumcision, which is baptism, and how it's a covenant for you and your children, as every other covenant in Scripture is. Um, so I guess the main point that Will and I will be taking is what uh, is the reason that this baptism, this covenant, doesn't apply to the children, um, and we think that it should. And the so. only thing I would add to that is mm-hmm. that um, it's a sign of the covenant, <coughs> um, kind of as like a preface to our argument. Yep. Um, it's a sign um, of an inward thing. I think we could both agree to that, um, mm-hmm. a circumcision of the heart, um, but it does... the question is do you administer that um as a sign of what will be fulfilled or what a sign of what the covenant promises or as a sign of what the covenant has already promised within mm. you and we'll talk about mm. the pros and cons yep. that, right? mm. mr burnett and i would be coming from the perspective of believers baptism um i think both of us have we've talked and we've talked with you guys also we think the bible teaches over and over again to repent and be baptized and, and that, that is what we see in the new testament um, so, Mr. Burnett, would you say a little more about kind of yeah. how you see it? It's interesting you said earlier um, 
you mentioned baptism and what kind of what makes it special. Uh, what I see the Bible saying and teaching clearly is that baptism is a big deal. Um, I, I think the Catholic Church misses what it is, but I think just because we don't claim that it's salvific or necessary for salvation, we still would say it's a really big deal. It's special. It's um, reason for celebration. And uh, it, I think, like you said earlier, Mr. Yeoman, it is an outward sign of an inward reality that someone has gone from death to life, that through faith in Christ, um, that as Paul would say it in Romans 6, someone has, their, their sin has been crucified with Christ. It's down below the waters. And just as Christ rose again, uh, we too are raised to walk in newness of life, according to Paul in Romans chapter 6. And so I, I believe baptism is by immersion. Um, and I believe it is a, uh, uh, I'm trying to think which what language, an ordinance, um, uh, an act that signifies a sacrament that said, mm-hmm. that signifies, again, the reality that a believer is has gone from death to life. And so, I mean, I think baptism should be a huge deal. I think um, believers are called to be baptized. I think it should be a first step of obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, it's, and I know my, in my faith journey, that wasn't the case. It was years after when I chose to get baptized. But um, I see the New Testament very clearly saying, repent, believe, and be baptized is a way to say, I'm on Jesus's team unashamedly yes mm-hmm. yes and amen we, yep. we so, uh, fully agree with that yep. so in acts two, hey we agree on some things yeah <laughs> so in acts 2 starting verse 38 this is a text that has been used on both sides oh, yeah. um i would say this this is probably one of the stronger arguments for the infant baptist view but i'm gonna read it and then we can kind of discuss what we think this means perfect um so peter's talking to the apostles and he says um repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. With many other words, words he bore witness, and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So one of the, I think, stronger arguments for the infant baptism role is that in this it says, uh, you, this promises for you, the Baptist, right, to be baptized, right, for those who believe, but also for your children. So, um, what do we think about this? Um, well, I guess to start out with that uh, that text specifically, um, Peter here is preaching specifically to a crowd of unbelievers, um, a crowd of um, Jewish people that hadn't um, before put their faith in Christ. This is his famous uh, sermon. And at the end of it, you know, or I guess this is towards the middle or, end or whatever, he's saying uh, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And I think both sides can agree that unconverted people um, need to be baptized after they are converted. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, then he, after he says repent and be baptized um, to these presumed adults um, and unbelievers, he says this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. So this is, I guess, I, we can uh, assume that this is, the, the promise here is referring to uh, the promise that was given to Abraham, that, uh, you know, he will be our God, he will save us, uh, he will grant us salvation, justification with him. Um, and he says it's for you and your children. So, and then we also look at the Old Testament. We look at, um, you know, uh, Abraham is called, um, to uh, circumcise all of, all of the uh, males that are born into his tribe. Um, you know, I think it's made pretty clear that, um, and even in the way that we treat our children, this is another point mm-hmm. I think we could talk about, yeah. the way that we treat our children, we treat them like they are uh, a part of the covenant. Mm-hmm. By right. raising them up, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, that, yeah that's true. Um, when, I, when I read this... Um, I think that the problem with infant baptism is that we have to make an inference to get there. With believer's baptism, we don't. We yeah. see the Ethiopian eunuch. We see mm-hmm. repent, be baptized. We see a baptism happen there, right? Absolutely. To get to the infant baptism, we have to make an inference that goes beyond what the Scripture tells us. There is no proof of anywhere in this Scripture at all 
that there is infant baptism. Now, it says children here, right? But we're not told that they're infants. Mm-hmm. But we're that? not told that they aren't either. We're not. We're not. Oh, but, but we are specifically shown adults being baptized after yeah. repenting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so, why, so, we, why, so why make that inference to go to children? We don't, we don't necessarily see that. Because with the same thing with circumcision, uh, someone would be, you know, come into um, the Jewish faith, I guess, yeah. um, a, in the Old a, Testament. A slave or a child. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Whoever. And <clears throat> the first thing, you know, they'd be circumcised, right? And then whenever they had a kid on the, what was it, the eighth day? I believe it is. Eighth day, they were circumcised. Uh, so they were circumcised. And the kid obviously didn't believe in God at that time, if he's eight days old. But yet he was still shown the covenant of, um, you know, God and the, the covenant. Sign. Yeah, the cool. sign of the covenant. Well, Mr. Burnett, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it starts with Old Testament. Um, and it's clear that, that circumcision um, was a tangible sign of the covenant. It was a mark on God's people that they were different than the pagan nations that surrounded ancient Israel. Um, but I, I don't see anywhere in the Old Testament that it was... Obviously, it wasn't salvific. No one's arguing for that. I think one of the challenges is in the Old Covenant community, you have all these Israelites being circumcised. That doesn't mean they're saved or walking in Agreed. faith. Yeah. Um, and we see, yeah, we see that. And we see that in Hebrews 4, mm-hmm. where it talks about that the whole first generation, generation of Israelites that hardened their hearts, refused to enter into the land, mm-hmm. wandered for 40 years. Romans um, 9. Yep, Romans 9. And so just because you're under the umbrella of the covenant certainly doesn't mean you are a true Israelite, as the New Testament would mm-hmm. put it. Um, and so what I hear you all saying is because circumcision was the old covenant entry into the community that you're saying baptism is the equivalent of that in the New Testament? No. So I'm saying that, the, or I think we're saying that that Abrahamic promise, that Abrahamic mm-hmm. covenant, we're still under that. To you and yes. your Because, because yes. yeah, when our seed, we've been grafted in, Galatians 3, we've been grafted in mm-hmm. to the uh, tree of Israel. In, so so the sign has changed after, you know, I think, talk, just to hark on circumcision a little bit, it's a, I think in a way it's, uh, it's a, it points, it's, it's not purely just a physical distinction um, for, um, the nation of Israel. It is a deeply spiritual thing. Um, it points to belonging to God, a covenantal relationship, and it allows for the future faith um, that would take hold. Uh, th- th- it allows for future faith to take hold of the realities promised. It's, yeah, it's also the sign of the covenant, right? Um, yeah, which is the main thing. Of, I think we agree with that. But um, when, when you yeah. say it allows for the can you say that part one more time? The future realities of so, faith. Yeah. So yeah. So so um, circumcision is a promise. It is a sign of the promise of the covenant um, of uh, that you know God will be our God. He will save us. Circumcision is a sign of that covenant. Um, so uh, whether I guess whether you're a credo or pedo Baptist, mm-hmm. um, you can agree that it's a, that baptism and circumcision were both a sign of faith yeah um, yeah no. so and, and and i guess the question for that is that we've established that um even if you fall under the umbrella of this covenant promise you're not promised to um to be saved um so mm-hmm. we administer this sign to um all that fall under the covenant and leave i guess it's it's a it's not um it's because we can never know truly whether someone is saved they can yeah. make a profession there will be Hell will be filled with people who are baptized mm-hmm. and claim to be Christians. Um, so we know that you could fall under this covenant um, that God has given to us, mm-hmm. and you can uh, be a part of that. You can be the child of a believer. You can be, like in the Old Testament, you can be claiming to be a Christian in the uh, in the Church Age, and not be um, not be part of God's sure. flock. Yeah. Um, so we administer this sign as a promise for what happens when you are uh, truly part of God's people and grafted into the covenant. So we talked about this a little bit last time with Mr. Morris about dispensationalism versus covenant theology. And I, I do agree. I think the scripture teaches that people are saved by faith in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But I'm reading from uh, Jeremiah 31, and it, and it talks about the new covenant coming. I just think this, I think it does show that there is a different um, 
there's a new covenant, obviously. There's a new different. There's a new relationship now between God and His people. Israel is a political nation. It's a it's a it's it's in a geographic area, right? Um, some are saved, some are not saved. But I do think this new covenant now is made up of people that are regenerated, and baptism is for them. Um, he says. He says in um, Jeremiah 31, it said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant they made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the hand of Egypt, by the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. They shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive, the, forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. All will know me. Seems to point to a new covenant of people that know him. That are yes. Regenerated. So do you think that means circumcision and baptism have nothing in common? Are you saying that circumcision um, or that baptism is like circumcision or they're, they're not the same? I think... This kind of plays off what Will was saying earlier. I think when you look at interpreting the Bible in its most plain and simple sense, which is the goal of interpreting the Bible, mm -hmm. what you see under the Old Covenant is that Israelites were called to, on the eighth day, circumcise their child under the awareness that that child had not placed faith in God yet. You know, they're, they're doing something as a, we're, we're bringing them into the covenant community, we're committing to yes. raise them under God's care and his his people mm -hmm. but I, th I think there it's, it's very clear this is a pre-salvation act that we're doing is? Uh, yes, yes, yes. pre-salvation yes. in the in the new covenant I mean Jesus breaks breaks bread on the night of the Lord's Supper and you know Thursday before he's crucified and he says this is the new covenant uh, of my blood you know take this drink it remembers me eat this remembers me um, he's clearly initiating a, a change and a huge part of that change is baptism, which is very clearly, again, post-conversion. So I, I think there are similarities, but I think uh, it's, it's a shift. And I think where what I'm failing to see is where do the biblical authors clearly connect the old covenant of circumcision with the new covenant practice of baptism? What, because, because one's clearly pre-faith, the other is clearly post-faith. And I, and I think that's where um, I'll just add one more thing. So, well, I'll pause there and curious to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Where, where's the clear connection point between it being the same? Colossians 2. I think, uh, oh, were you going to read it? If you want me to read it, I can. Yeah, I mean, you can read it. I, awesome. I think that the argument comes, you know, again, I disagree with this. I don't see this, but they... That the argument is that Colossians 2.11 now equates circumcision and baptism. That it says, nice. in him, don't say, nice, I don't I, I think this is, this is not. <laughs> not uh, Evan can read it and yeah, explain it. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses. And he goes on to canceling our sin to the cross. Mm -hmm. I think that, that is the text, I think, that is made um, equating baptism and circumcision. But you asked me, you said, do I, think they're, do I think they're similar? I think they're both outward expressions of something, but I don't think there is any continuation between circumcision and baptism. No. Okay, so, so even, I think that's, that's the turning point between okay. the two sides. I don't see that. Is, is, the, is the continuation of that same... Yes. So, okay, so here's here's a better question. Do we still exist under the Abrahamic promise that was given to him yes. in we're, Genesis 15? We're, we're children of Abraham. We're offspring yes. of Abraham. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're, we are, like I said, true true Israel. Yeah. We're, we're sons of the promise. And dispensationalists, um, by the way, would disagree wholeheartedly with that, yeah. that we are not at all yeah. related to yeah. Israel. I, no, I'm not on 100%. No, no, we're related to Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. I would y'all say that Colossians passage is the clear like if, if there was a like biblically like one or two punch like if they could throw a right and well, you know left jab and a right hook for their their two would you say that one and then the Acts two passage are the clearest? I really like Galatians three and the fact that like Christians are grafted in with 
the Abrahamic covenant as well and how we're grafted into Israel. I think that's a really, really strong argument that might be like the uppercut, um, the one, two. I think that, I think Colossians 2 is really clear as well. And the fact that, um, um, I read verse 11 again, and in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands and the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. The circumcision of Christ. Mm-hmm. What does that mean then? Does I mean, that just mean so, nothing? Or? So I, I think that there's passages, uh, Mr. Yeoman alluded to one earlier of um, when he read from Jeremiah. I think that the prophets on multiple occasions talk about this new day, this new time when when the Spirit of God would circumcise our hearts mm-hmm. in the sense of he's going to wash us, he's going to cleanse us, he's going to do that which the old covenant <coughs> ultimately failed to do. Um, and so I think that language is used throughout the Bible. I'm drawing a blank where specifically in the New Testament that language is used, um, but I am confident the New Testament authors do. I might have to yeah. look that one up. But yeah, well, I think that, I mean, sorry, we'll go ahead. I was just going to say that in that uh, at Jeremiah 31 passage, and you said that um, that this new covenant um, doesn't allow, basically, or well, you said that it, it wouldn't allow for, um, what was it that you said about, um, I'm drawing a blank now, about how I, I think you could be, like, um, given, administered the sign and not have the faith or, or the circumcision of the heart um, and written of the law in the heart, um, that is the prerequisite for the sign, correct? For the, for the sacrament. For the sacrament, the sign. Yeah, just, ba- just, oh, just, oh, for, just for baptism. Just like we would not let someone who is not paper. I, I, I don't let my daughter take um, communion. Yeah. Why? She's not a believer. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. baptism, I think, falls along that line. Yeah. The verse I was thinking of is Romans 2, 28, 29. For he's not a Jew, which is one outwardly, referring to being ethnically Jewish. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, um, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So um, I, I think that's alluding to that. Like, yes. This, so, this, this, I, I, I think that passage correlates great with um, it. Circumcision is not just yeah. a physical sign. Um, it is an inward sign, and I think we can connect throughout all Old Testament from Abraham uh, to to now. Uh, circumcision and baptism um, are never standalone; they're always um, correlated with um, a circumcision of the heart, like you're saying. But but is that is that circumcision of the heart possible apart from the the spirit? Like I guess what I'm asking is, what do you think circumcision did? to the Old Covenant? Like, what did circumcision do so, for Old Covenant Israelites apart from be a sign? Great question. Um, circumcision uh, was a sign of Christ to come. It's a type. It's a shadow. Because, um, you know, think of, think of it as um, physical pain, bloodshed, uh, pointing towards what uh, Christ would happen, uh, what would happen with uh, Christ. And baptism correlates to that mm-hmm. in that um, it's not a sign of something to come, but it's a sign of something that will happen in us. It is a washing away of the sins, so to speak. Um, and it, it, it's a it's the same sign and seal of uh, the covenant of I think grace. that's the biggest part. It's, it's the sign of the covenant yeah. as well. And, you know, every other co- covenant um, in the Old Testament, it's very eerie. This is what Matt McFarlane was saying, uh, the student pastor at First Pres, was just saying the similarities are so eerie of, like, the same wording that Abraham used and what Peter used in First Peter, and then um, just like the the uh, I don't know the right word, but um, just at how similar the the covenants are, and how they all like correspond with each other in a sense. Um, so I think I think is, is it possible though when it, when these verses, especially Colossians, is talking about circumcision, it's, it's symbolic, like they're not like they're, they're not actually equating circumcision with with uh, baptism. So you it's don't like, think they're both the sign of a covenant? I think they are, but I think okay. there's a new covenant in the New Testament. And I think that circumcision, circumcision, like the point of circumcision is to clarify who is Israel and who's not. So if you're circumcised in the heart, what it means is the spirit now makes you part of Israel. Mm-hmm. 
right? So I, me, that doesn't convince but me. But you still show the covenant. So, yeah, I think so. I think even in, in, even in even in the Old Testament, even in the Old Testament, um, where are know, we the, commanded? The circum- to, where are we commanded to show that covenant of circumcision? Okay, what well, I, I meant actually, by that, the New yeah. Testament authors argue against it. Okay, it's what, a, what you, I was you, saying, you don't need to be. No, no, I agree. Mutilators of the flesh. That would be. Okay, let me explain. Let me explain. So what I'm saying, let a man talk. Is that in the Old Testament, a covenant was. Most most all the time for you and your children, correct? Yeah. yeah let me let me same as in Acts two. Well, here let me reread yeah. Acts two because exactly. I think I think we, I think your strongest punch is in Acts two, mm-hmm. um, I, but I want to help you see why. It's, I think our strongest punch is in the Bible. I want to see why I'm you're still standing. You know? <laughs> and, and to my uh, Presbyterian brothers and sisters, you know, I think Yolman and I both would say this for us is one we obviously believe in believers' baptism, but. It's not a hill worth dying on. Mm-hmm. We would Agreed. obviously all yeah, strive for unity and yeah. say we can agree to disagree. Um, here's what it says. What, so Peter, Peter's preaching, like Will said, and uh, they're cut to the heart. They're convicted by the Spirit. Brothers, what shall we do? They say, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, so first, the command, what must we do, was repent and be baptized. Repent, believe, yep. be baptized. Your sins will be forgiven, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's the call. That's what they're supposed to do. The latter half of the verse is going to talk about the scope of who that promise is available to. Yeah. And it says, for the promise, that promise that you can repent be baptized, and be saved. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone for whom the Lord calls to himself. So so my question to y'all would be, if the command is repent and be baptized, how does an infant repent? Like how how does... They don't. And so, this is the thing with... Because with, I would say it's available, like that is... Yes. So I, I would say, well, anyway, I'll let you answer yeah, that. How so does, how I, do they? I agree. And... I think that infant baptism shows an outward expression of your faith. And I think it does that for the parents when they come to Christ. And let's say they have a kid after. They get to show their faith by one being baptized themselves and then showing the covenant to their children as well. So they're showing their faith. Or help me with that. What are you saying again with? with so it's, it's again, it's the covenant thing. And like all through the Old Testament, it's for you and your children. Same thing with Abraham and circumcision. Ishmael was not, a, was not a Jew, but he was still treated as a Jew as a kid by being circumcised. Same thing with nowadays people. Um, I think that if someone comes to Christ and they get baptized, it should be for their children as well to show the sign of, a, of the new covenant. So I think like, should they get reaped? Oh, the kids get. Do you think it'd be best that the kids? No, one baptism. baptism. One baptism. So I think I think the uh, the thing here is that the command the so, command repent and uh, be baptized mm-hmm. is be given is being given specifically to unbelievers. Yes, but but, but, exactly. but, in, but isn't a child an unbeliever? Child is an unbeliever, yes. but this promise is this promise is for you and your children. But here's my question: How no, does just, how does someone who's come to faith in Jesus? take seriously the commands over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to spend the airtime of going through every believe and be baptized in the New Testament. Yeah. But they are, they're, they're plentiful. How does a person who's come to faith, they have repentant, you know, and they place faith, like, why would they skip out on that first step of obedience? Like, what, what, like why would they go, no, nah, we're going to ignore this command? They're not ignoring the command. They're, they're doing the command. They're being baptized. Yeah. No, but like, I mean, how, what? so when, uh, when Mr. Burnett and I's children, mm-hmm. hopefully they believe, they, believe, they become, they become okay. Christians, why, why do we not want them to repent and be baptized? You do, but they were already yeah. baptized. So, I'm so listen. Because I'm, like, I'm not hurt. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, but like, why, I mean, in that, like, we, don't, we, we can't prove that the children in that household Maybe he, he's probably saying, in my opinion, that he's saying, okay, they can come and repent and be baptized too. Like, that's yeah. for every, it's for all of you to repent and come back and be baptized. So I think here's, um, here's another thing that we should consider. Uh, I think in every other um, sense of, you know, we, we treat, um, as you know, parents treat their uh, belie- pa- 
parents that believe treat their children um, as if they're under the covenant in every other way. Yes, except just like for, Abraham ex- did. Except for baptism, they teach teach them to pray. They teach them to repent. And, uh, what about and, the Lord's Supper? I don't, I don't let my children, I don't let our unbelieving children take the Lord's so Supper. There's warnings against yeah. non-believers yeah. taking it. Right, so that's, that's, a, that's a great point. That's a point. But this is a completely different thing. This is not, a, the, uh, the Lord's Supper is not a uh, sign <laughs> of... It's not a sacrament. It's, well, no, it is. It a is. It's not it, a. Well, it that's is. a good point. That's it's a really a good point. But yeah, I, but it's not a. Um, I wouldn't say that's it's, the best point I mean, I've heard all day. It's, it's, it's two sacraments, like the Lord's right, Supper, it's the two sacraments. baptism, for the family of God. So the the Lord's Supper is, um, I guess you could say, um, you know, eat this and uh, do this in remembrance of me. So that is specifically for after. Um, I think baptism, you could make a great argument that um, based off of all of, you know, the Abrahamic covenant is we still exist in that. That has not ceased. It has um, not ceased. That's right. Um, and, you know, we, uh, we, we, can, we can trust in God for the salvation of our children. I think that's a pretty common Baptistic thing. Um, you, um, based on things, you know, train up a child in the way he goes mm-hmm. and she'll never depart. Um, you know, there are the requirements for elders in First Timothy 3 for, to have their children be submissive, um, all that. We, I think in every um, other way, you know, we uh, trust our uh, trust God for the assurance of salvation. Um, David in his children. prayer when his son died, Absolutely. you know, was saying, I trust that he's going to be with you yeah. as well. And then, you know, um, uh, children who, uh, uh, who, you know, miscarriages, things like that, we can... Uh, trusting God uh, for the salvation of them, um, but we don't put our water where our mouth is in that sense. Well, I do that. believe there's a difference between a, a child that dies in childbirth or a, or a child that's six or seven years old and it comes to the realization of what sin is, and is, is or or even maybe four. I'm not sure what the age of a child. I'm not sure about the, you know, yeah, what the age Bible it is. Never gives that it doesn't tell you, yep. but there is something where, there's something that happens in a person where they know they're sinning and they choose yeah. to sin. And they're accountable. Whereas, if a baby, you know, if if I have a if I have a baby in three weeks, my baby in three weeks, if he steals my, you know, my soda and spills it, like, it's not, you know, like he's not trying to do that. Right? I think it's, it's I think like, you're missing yeah. like the point of what we're trying it's to a, say. It's a, um, you're right. That that's I think that's circumcision. No, I know. I Maybe know. it's not I clear think, enough. Yeah, that's that, that circumcision of the heart is happening, and and that conviction of sin does happen at some at a certain point, uh, and and regeneration does occur at a certain point, but baptism. Uh, from a Pado Baptist perspective, um, is a sign of what is to come when that prom- when uh, when that promise of the covenant is fulfilled. So when you have faith, it is it is a sign of that. And I guess the the so they the, just the, kind of the flip all point. all the New Testament commands that say repent and believe or repent and be baptized. It's just baptized. like be baptized. No, no that's for repent. the un- unbelievers. <laughs> this is when they're when this is but, when they're but, preaching but, to but unbelievers. But children are unbelievers. Yes, I agree. But children are also under the covenant. There's one more passage that might shed a little on, light. So this the, the of their believing parents. This one's just a little further in Acts. It's uh, Acts chapter sixteen. This is another one that I think probably both sides try to use. So. Y'all can argue from yours and we argue from ours. Uh, so here, here we go. It says this crazy story where Paul and Silas are in prison. They're singing hymns. Uh, they're just counting persecution, nothing but a pure joy singing. And this jailer wakes up. He sees the prison doors are open because an angel's flung it open. Um, and the jailer is actually about to take his life because his prisoners have escaped. And Paul cries out in a loud voice. This is verse 28. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer calls for the lights, uh, called for the lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What should I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and all your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then they brought them up in the house and set food before him. He rejoiced on the entire household that he had believed in God. I think one thing that's interesting in there, um, it says (coughs) you and all your household will be saved. 
And then it says they come back and the apostles speak the word to his family so that the family can hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. And then after, they baptize the whole household. So I think that's a case that seems to imply, hey, let, 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 let me let my family hear this good news so that they can receive it and then we can get dunked. For the glory of God. So, um, and I do say get dunked because another one. I mean, I think, I think baptism is, from my understanding of the Bible, by immersion. Mm-hmm. We'll um, talk. We'll talk a little bit about the that the word well. the word. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, we get to it now. Now, go ahead. Yeah, we'll we'll play about by your schedule. Left, so yeah, well, the Greek word just. The Greek word, you know, literally means to dip or to immerse. So, um, so with that I, Greek word, I've heard that before. Um, okay. I believe in Mark. Sprinkle, sprinkle. He wants to be <laughs> sprinkle. Um, so, sorry, Mr. Burnett's being a child. Um, <laughs> so, the Greek word baptizo. Um, some say it literally means to immerse, which is it does mean that. But it also says in Mark, it's either six, seven, or eight. I always forget. It, it says they baptizoed the couch. And do you think that they actually dunked the couch in water, or do you think they cleaned it and washed it? Like, it doesn't only mean to dunk, because we see references where things that usually and probably do not get dunked are baptizoed or, like, washed or cleaned. So I don't think it necessarily 100% means to immerse or to dunk. So I won't pretend to be a Greek scholar there um, because, I, because I'm not. You know, I've heard from some reputable names. It means to go up, under. And, it does. And, and it I, does. And I would mean especially that. see yes. the, what, the clearest case, Romans 6. I mean, Paul is saying, like, you were buried, you were under, and you have been raised to walk. And so I think that's a powerful <clears throat> yeah. picture there. I also see guys throughout Acts looking for the nearest water hole to to go down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I have it actually right here. It's uh, Mark 7, 4. It says that they baptized, which is baptizoed, the dining couches. Um, so yes, the word means to dunk or to immerse, but they use it in other ways, such as a dining couch. No one to dunks. Clean. To clean. Yes, exactly. Clean. So I don't think it's 100% always to dunk. But That's it, what it means. But, but like, we have words that mean something, but we can use it differently as yeah. well. So, I do. So, so I read about this like last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm again, I'm no means by no means a scholar. I'm by no means a scholar in this. But what I'm, but what I do think is that at this time, if you're going to get clean, you would immerse yourself, right? You, you would immerse mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, I shower with water falling on me. Yeah, yeah. But at this, but this time, and it's not done. We're not dunked in it, but it's being yeah. poured or sprinkled on, as some might say. I. I I, I think I think to I think I think cleaning is <laughs> I, I think I think cleaning would be like submersion and like I mean, they're not submerging the couches but I mean that they're so just using that's that term the words, to explain it. Okay, so exactly. So if the mer, if the word means to submerge, why don't we go with the plain meaning? Okay, do you realize Again, why though? That's so the, the, unfair for Mark seven four. Does that just not? Are we just going to forget about it? Well, because the it? rule of hermeneutics is to go with the clear meaning over the hidden meaning. Yes, and, and, and by reading meaning. Mark 7, 4, we read that it doesn't always 100% mean to So immerse. let me ask you this. Where in the New Testament do you see examples of pe- people being baptized through sprinkling? Like, Because I, 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 I could name a lot of people going under. Oh, um, so I have one that you'll probably say. It's Acts 8, 38 through 39. Um, I'll read it right here. It says, And he ordered that the chariot stop. Backstory. This is Peter and the uh, Ethiopian. Yeah. And they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch. And he baptized them. Here you go. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And then, so, uh-oh. Yeah. They came out the water. But it says they both did. So did both of them get immersed, or did they just go no, walk he, down he to he the was, lake? They just in the water with him dunking him. <laughs> they they came, no, no, no. You just proved her point. No, they no. This is yeah. the thing. This is you think that <laughs> you it about, is. You've been to about this church. Is there yes. somebody in the water with them? Let, let me, yes. It says, but that doesn't mean to immerse necessarily. That's just but, saying they were both in the water and they could have a bucket and pour it. They could take the water and sprinkle. Well, that doesn't mean think, to immerse. I think they go in the water to. I think the point is here. They went down into the water. Exactly. So did both get immersed or not? 
No. I think no, the, the but point no, is one was dunking the other one. Okay, yeah. but that doesn't that that's an one, but, uh, you, one, <laughs> no. one could have cupped his hands and poured exactly. it over him. That doesn't no it's, it's unclear. Is it's point. unclear, yes. It doesn't prove what about your all point. John's baptisms. You think like it's it's Come on, haven't, haven't you seen The Chosen? Doesn't that just make the whole argument for you? Have you seen it? No, but, but I, my point was saying that just because they, it says they both went down into the water. It's so did both, did both go under the water? Yes or no? No. Okay, exactly. So they both came up as well. Came Again, out of the water, like walking out of the water. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my thing. When, when it says they both went down into the water, that's the same thing as they both came out. So it's not immersion. That means they were just in water when the baptism was happening. No, it means they both were in the water, got dunked, and they walked okay, out the water. Okay, but see, you just so added that. So he could say he could say they both went in the water. He got one sprinkled, so, so and then and they and both. And came you're, out. you're saying we're both making inferences. Yes, that, I'm saying okay. that it's, it's unclear, unclear, and that's okay. not a okay. good, okay. definite answer for. Okay. Both made, okay. I, I think they both went down into the water mm-hmm. implies that it's it is a pool of water that's deep yeah. enough for someone to go under. Here's what I'll just say. Romans 6. You're, I mean, oh, it's definitely, I know it's, it is an inference, but I, I mean, I think Romans 6 is teaching that when we're saved, Christ just kind of like, he, he sprinkles a little bit of grace on there, you know what I mean? And we like, we kind of try to clean our acts up a, a little bit and mm-hmm. stop sinning, but Christ doesn't really crucify our sin. We don't really go deep down. You know, we just get a little, little grace. Little, Speaking heresy. Good boy. And, then, and then, uh, no, bro, when I look at, at Romans 6, I see down and up to raise. And, and I think it's a powerful death. picture of yeah. like, the, the grace of Christ, man, is enough so that you are, as Galatians would say, the old self's crucified. Mm-hmm. And you're raised to walk in it. So, All right. So, so what about we're the, being a dead horse. But, yeah. <laughs> what about? So, so I was. I, I, I would Wait, say final you, point. Okay. As we kind of start wrapping this up, I have a final point too. Okay. It won't let us speak. Man. No, you can uh, speak, but let's let's, uh, let's make a final point. Okay, my final point is that um, I really don't have uh, a yeah. preference on loan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, I think you yeah. can make like we've seen you can make a valid argument for immersion or pouring or sprinkling or whatever. I think what really matters is your is your mean. Uh, your mode matters a lot less. Now, obviously, you wouldn't dunk a baby. I mean, unless you're, like, Russian Orthodox. But, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I think uh, mode is less important than... Careful with those Russian comments these days. Guard your babies. All right. Um, we'll go to Mr. Burnett. Oh, wait. No, okay. Here's... Okay. Um, last... Sorry. I said this one last. This is actually the last. Evan, this is what you were ta- uh, talking about. Acts 10... 45, and the believers among them, among the circumcised who had to come with Peter were amazed because of the gifts the Holy Spirit uh, was poured out um, over the, on the Gentiles. Um, where is the other one? Whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ. That's Titus 3, 6. Um, a lot of, the, uh, the, obviously, the, uh, we're talked to, there's a lot of language in the New Testament about the Holy Spirit being poured out. Um, so that's just another point that mm-hmm. one could make about pouring. Yeah, Mr. Burnett. Your final, final say. Oh Let's man, say you. I've already talked too much. Yeah. Uh, I, I final say. I think. I don't think believers' baptism it is is in any way abandoning the covenants. Like I think Will, you were kind of saying it's a if like it's it's either you fall in line with the covenant and carry that through mm-hmm. baptism being this equivalent of the old you know the old covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Or you do believer's baptism. Right. And I, I, I would say absolutely the new covenant flows and stems from the old covenant. Right. Without the old covenant, you know, like what is the new covenant? Who is Jesus? Why do we need him? All these right. things. So um, so I would say that new covenant believer's baptism doesn't in any way, um, you know, depart from the old covenant. I think it's... Um, I think it's stronger than the old covenant. I think the old covenant was... You know, the call was to be circumcised as a child, as a baby. Mm-hmm. And I think the new covenant as as a believer, as a born-again Christian, the call is to Romans 6. I'll read it one more time. Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Um, he says, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism to death, 
in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And then that's not to mention, again, all the New Testament co- uh, commands to repent and be baptized. So I, I tend to go with what is the most simple, plain reading of Scripture. That's the most basic law of hermeneutics. We interpret that which is unclear in light of that which is clear. And so that's why my understanding with loads of grace towards those you know who may see, and, and there's so many Presbyterians far smarter than me that I have loads of respect for that would say, Burnett, you're missing it. And I would just say, well, we can agree to disagree and still mm-hmm. love each other, you know, yeah. and still have gospel unity. So yeah. that's my that's my conclusion. Evan, what's your final? Um, really, really fast. I'll just say that um, I know when I came in here, I wasn't fully decided on where I stood. Um, obviously, I took the pedo baptism Now side. you are, though, because of the industry. No. <laughs> we got to ask, where do these guys go to church? Chapin Baptist. <laughs> Shannon Baptist. Um, again, so like uh, this is this is just like I'm I'm arguing uh, we, for the we, sake of we, argument. We thank you guys for yeah. taking those. But um yeah. I, I think it was fun. But again, I, I don't know where I stand yet. Um I, I see both sides clearly in scripture. That's the thing. That's that's what makes it so fun to talk about and to discuss yeah. about. Um but I guess my final point uh would just be you know, just the the covenants and just tying those together and tying the old covenant with the new covenant together. And when you see that, you see the beauty of infant baptism and the beauty of baptizing your children. It's a sign, a, thing, well, a sign of things to come. For me, I um yeah, I, want, I also I also like. There's many many Presbyterians that like I love listening to, love reading. Tim Keller has probably shaped me more than maybe any other <laughs> writer right now. Um, so I'm definitely not. I definitely don't uh, look down on on you know, mm-hmm. baptism. I don't. I mean, for me, like I'm like Mr. Burnett. They're far smarter than me. I, it's just what I see. Keller's my guy too. Keller's Love great. Keller. Uh, but kind of my final point is that <clears throat> as someone who became a Christian later on, I was I was 27. I got baptized at 28, and for me, I was able to go in front of the church and be able to make my profession of faith. And my you know unbelieving friends were there, and it was just a really sweet time. And and I hope that. At some point, my, my daughter and, and, and kids who have made that profession will be able to do the same thing. And it is just a wonderful evangelistic uh, moment that I just, it, it's hard for me to kind of move away from that. Mm-hmm. I've just seen it done really well. And it's just a really, it's just really, it's a really beautiful moment, like Mr. Burnett said earlier. Um, so that was, that was a good discussion, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for coming. We could talk for Burnett. another three hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Burnett, thanks for coming on. Uh, Honored to be a part. Once again, that is episode three of Bald Four. Head. Four. Oh, episode. Let's go. Four. We're moving. We're moving fast. We'll definitely uh, have Mr. Burnett on another time as well. Oh, yeah, he, he will be a common guest. So yeah. um, Appreciate it. If he doesn't flake out again. Hey, yeah, I've been... Uh, <laughs> he's he's, he's ditched us three <laughs> times, so it's, it's a blessing that uh, we actually have him on. We, so. we all love Mr. Burnett. I had a good time discussing that. That was a lot of fun. Episode so. four of Bald Head. Bad, Bad taste. All right, keep listening so we can shave their heads <laughs> off. We need to get this, the hair off these boys' heads. Yes, sir. Thousand listeners.